Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives. And become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Today's program is brought to you by the financial support of our listeners. You can support the show on a one-time basis at support.greatdetectives.net. You can also send us a donation through the Zelle app. Just put in box13 at greatdetectives.net or become one of our ongoing Patreon supporters at patreon.greatdetectives.net. Now it's time for today's episode of Richard Diamond. The original air date, March the 28th of 1952, and this one is Mr. Walker's Problem. The makers of Camel Cigarettes present Dick Powell as Richard Diamond, Private Detective. Why don't you smoke the cigarette so many doctors enjoy? In a nationwide survey a few years ago, 113,597 doctors were asked, What cigarette do you smoke, doctor? The brand name most was Camel. It was true then, it is true now. Because repeated surveys have been made. And every time, the brand named most has been Camel. Yes, these surveys show that more doctors smoke Camels than any other cigarette. Why don't you smoke the cigarette so many doctors enjoy? Now we bring you another transcribed adventure with Richard Diamond, Private Detective, starring Dick Powell. Diamond Detective Agency... Mr. Diamond speaking. Excuse me, I must have the wrong number. Oh, is that you, Helen? This is me, Helen. Oh, well, I thought maybe you might be a client. How are you, dear? Well, I'm fine, but what's wrong with you? Wrong? Yes, what means that Diamond Detective Agency, Mr. Diamond speaking? You usually come on the phone like Roy Rogers and his horse Trigger. How come no slogans? Well, to tell you the truth, dear, I couldn't think of one this week. Anyway, aren't you the gal who's always after me to get some culture? This is culture? Ain't nothing else but... You just want a jaw? Have you got something important to talk about, hmm? Hmm. This is Friday, you know. Happens every week. Yes, but this is the Friday when, if you haven't got a client by noon, we're going for a drive, remember? By Jove, that's right. Well, by Jove, it is now 11.43 and 15 seconds, approximately. Sounds like someone gave you a new... What does that broken sentence mean? Client walk in? Shh, shh, quiet. Don't talk so loud, dear. This one looks like he might scare easily. Uh, good morning. Uh, good, uh, good morning. Are you, uh, are you Mr. Diamond? I am Mr. Diamond. Won't you come in? Said the spider to the fly. I'll hang up, Rick. Call me back if you have time. All right, dear. Bye. Bye. Well, uh, come in, come in, Mr. Uh... Uh, Walker. <clears throat> Thomas Walker. Uh, oh, I, I do hope I didn't interrupt your conversation, Mr. Diamond. Oh, it wasn't important. 
Just my broker calling to tell me I've been wiped out. But enough of me, Mr. Walker. Let's talk about you. Uh, would it be all right if I sat down? I'm, I'm a little nervous this morning. Well, you do seem a little worked up over something. Sure, sure. Sit down, Mr. Walker. Sit down anywhere at all. <clears throat> Thank you. Uh, are you engaged, Mr. Diamond? Well, not yet, but she's working at it. Just between the two of us, I think if I can hold off through the month of June... Oh, I'm no, a... no, no, Mr. Diamond. I, I meant, are you working for anyone uh, on a, uh, a caper, I believe you call them? Oh, oh. No, no, no. We honest and true private detectives just call them cases. As a matter of fact, you're in luck. I am at liberty to listen to your proposal. That is, if you wish to engage me. <laughs> good, good, good. It, it's taken me some time to work up enough courage to come to a private detective. I don't think I could do it again. I don't think you could either. All right, Mr. Walker, just what is it that's troubling you? Well, I hope, Mr. Diamond, that it's nothing more than my suspicious mind. Oh, oh, don't misunderstand me. I'm not by nature a suspicious person, but I have stumbled across something that I think should be brought to the attention of the local authorities. Then why not bring it to the attention of the local authorities? Well, because... because I'm afraid they'll laugh at me. So, uh, so you want me to go down and let them laugh at me, huh? Oh, oh no, it... no, no, at, at least not right away. Not until after you've confirmed my suspicions or... Proved them ridiculous. In either event, you will know then what to do. Well, uh, before you lose me entirely, Mr. Walker, maybe you'd better tell me just what it is you want me to do. I think the best thing to do is... Yes, I, I think that would be the best. That way, they would uh, be... <laughs> Remember me, Mr. Walker. Mr. Diamond, I want you to follow someone. Uh, shadow him is the word I believe you use. Shadow? Uh, yes, uh, you do do that type of work, don't you? Oh, well, occasionally, yeah. Just who is it you want me to shadow, Mr. Walker? Uh, Carter, I believe his name is. Joseph Carter. He must be the ringleader. Oh, this Joseph Carter leads a ring? Well, as I said, Mr. Diamond, these are only my suspicions. If you're going to laugh at me, oh, I... Oh, now, 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 now. Take it easy, Mr. Walker. I'm just trying to get as much information from you as I can. Who is this Carter fellow, and where can I get in touch with him? He's a chemist. At least he's supposed to be. And I don't want you to get in touch with him, Mr. Diamond. I just want you to follow him. It could be disastrous if you spoke to him about my suspicions. Mr. Walker, you may not believe this, but I don't even know yet what your suspicions are. And I think it would be best if I didn't tell you. Oh. That way you can form your own opinions about what is going uh, on. Mr. Walker, this is getting tougher as you go along. I don't even know where to find this Joseph Carter. Oh, I... I have that all arranged, Mr. Diamond. A rather clever plan, too, if I do say so myself. Oh. You see, I'm meeting him for lunch, and he thinks we're going to talk about his wife. By Joe, that is clever. Yes, yes, isn't it? Now, after lunch, that will be around one o'clock, I'll drop him off on the corner of First and Elm. Do you know where that is? Uh-huh. Oh, good. Now, my car is a blue Essex sedan. When you see it pull around the corner, you be prepared to follow whoever steps out. Oh, gosh, I haven't done this since the correspondence school sent me my diploma. All right, Mr. Walker, what happens then? Then, Mr. Diamond, you stay with him night and day. You do have operators who work in shifts, don't you? Oh, sure, sure, sure. Oh, good, good. Now, the important thing is to impress upon your men the seriousness of what they're doing. Under no condition are they to let him out of their sight. Oh, that's a cinch. Couldn't you give us something a little harder, like following four people at the same time? Well, no, no. One of them might get suspicious, Mr. Diamond, and that wouldn't do. Oh, 
<clears throat> now, uh, about your money. Oh, yes, yes, by all means. My, my fee is a hundred a day in expenses, Mr. Walker. And believe me, you're going to have some... A hundred? Exp- Isn't that a little steep? It's too much, Mr. Walker? Well... No, no, I, I suppose not. I'll, I'll have to write you out a check. Uh, will 300 be enough? Uh, that'll pay you up till Monday. Well, y- yes, yes. By then, you will have cracked this thing or written me off as a suspicious old fool. Now, Mr. Walker, think how few private detectives there would be if no one listened to their clients' suspicions. <laughs> ah, uh, there you are, Mr. Diamond. Ah, yes. oh, oh, and uh, here is my card. Both my business and home phone numbers are on oh, it. Oh, fine. All right. Thank you. Uh, uh, Walker Plumbing Company? You, Mr. Walker, are a plumber? Yes. It is surprising, isn't it? I smiled at him as he went out and then called Helen and broke the sad news. She pouted a little, I cooed a little, then we both hung up feeling very good inside. I had an hour to kill, so I decided to get a little fresh air. I was half a block from my office building when a whole ounce of imported perfume floated out of a doorway. It circled around a while and finally settled over my eyes. What I could see through the haze would have caused any airline pilot to come in for an emergency landing. And even though I don't fly myself, I put the flaps down and kind of slowed up a little. Why, Mr. Diamond, I do believe you're staring. Oh, sorry. Uh, I, uh, do I know you, uh, please? No, Mr. Diamond, it isn't that good. And of course you know me. Oh, I do, huh? Oh, sure, sure, I remember now. Monte Carlo, wasn't it? Only you were a blonde then with the moonlight behind you making a halo for your lovely head, and I'm just ad-libbing, so get me out of this. Who are you, lady? Sandra uh, Browning. And it wasn't Monte Carlo. Come on, I'll buy you a drink and refresh your memory. Mm, all right. But I hope we can cover everything in an hour. There's uh, quite a bit of you to cover, isn't it? Heaps. Much too much to run through in an hour. You're uh, working on a case, then? Ah, the luck of Ricky Diamond. Yes, Miss Browning, I am in the midst of what my client calls a caper. Go on the payroll at one o'clock. I see. And uh, just who is your client? Ricky. Ah, uh, uh, uh. We were going to talk about you, remember? Oh, but I'm so dull, Mr. Diamond, and you're so fascinating. Ah, true, yes. Uh, this place look all right? Fine, fine. <laughs> Intimate, isn't it, Mr. Diamond? Oh. Say, just how well do we know each other? Can't you tell? Honey, right now I probably could even tell you my name. And, uh, I'm beginning to need that drink more and more. Shall we go mingle with those strangers? Stranger? As we walked over to a table, I shook my head a few times to clear it and get out of the danger zone of the perfume. I knew I'd never seen Miss Browning before. No, not that I've led a sheltered life, but something like her only happens once, and it usually costs an awful lot of money. Money I've never had. So, naturally, the same applied to Miss Browning. So with renewed vigor and a firm grip on my wallet, I sat down beside her. Cozy? Uh, uh, too cozy. I'm a sort of a wide-open spaces man myself, and I... Oh, uh, a couple of martinis. <laughs> George? <laughs> George. Mm. Now, about you, Miss B. Where was it our paths first crossed? 
No, Mr. D, I've changed my mind. I'm going to make you guess. It'll be more fun that way. Oh, and it'll also be a long winter. Now, if we're going to get anything accomplished, maybe you better start talking. An hour goes pretty fast. What happens in an hour that's so terribly important, Mr. Diamond? A guess. I don't want a guess. I want you to tell me. You know, we may run out of things to talk about any minute now. Not if you tell me what I want to know. Mm-mm. All right, I'll take a guess. Does this case have anything to do with, uh, say, a bank? Well, you tell me. Does it have something to do with, say, a bank? You're fighting me, Mr. Diamond. Well, who's fighting who? All I'm trying to find out is whether... You're going to wish, Mr. Diamond, that you had talked to me. Well, well. Conversation seems to have picked up a little. But we might as well save your breath, Sandra. I ain't talking and you ain't talking. So, if you'll excuse me, I have to make a telephone call. All of which left me with still a half hour to kill. I paid the check and then dropped by the 5th Precinct to say hello to Walt Levinson. He was sleeping, so I tiptoed back out and headed for the corner of 1st and Elm. I'd been there about five minutes when a guy whose face looked vaguely familiar came up and said... Uh, Excuse me, is this a bus stop? No, but there's a cab stand a block down the street. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I might have stood here for three days. How's that? I saw you waiting around, so I figured it was a bus stop. Guess I'll have to take a cab now. Say, if you're waiting for one, maybe we can split the fare. Oh, uh, no, no thanks. <laughs> Funny. I'd swear you were hanging around the 5th Precinct when I came out. Oh, how long ago? About 15 minutes. Well, come to think of it, it's possible that you did. I went in to pay a traffic fine. Yeah. Is that right? Speeding, was it? Yes, as a matter of fact, it was. <laughs> Those things do happen, you know. Oh, yes, yes. Of course, the really interesting part about all this is that the 5th Precinct doesn't accept traffic fines. Huh? You have to go all the way downtown to pay them. You're kind of a smart aleck, aren't you? Oh, yes, life of the party. Just give me a lampshade and a bustle and I'm a... Hey, what's the idea? A car spun around the corner just as the guy shoved me. I landed in the street, but rolled over in time to see the front door open and a body come spilling out, sliding to a stop against the curb. The guy with a phony ticket hopped on the running board and the blue Essex sedan lost itself in the uptown traffic. All I could do was sit there and look at the crumbled form lying in the gutter. Mr. Thomas Walker had given me a check for $300. That was to last until Monday. For Mr. Walker, Monday was just two days too many. Before we continue with Richard Diamond, here are a few words about smoking enjoyment. After all the cigarette mildness tests, including the famous 30-day Camel test, Camel leads all other brands by billions. Here's how you can make your own 30-day Camel test, a sensible test of cigarette mildness based on steady smoking. Smoke Camels, and Camels only for the next 30 days. In other words, go steady with Camels for 30 days, pack after pack, Week after week. Here's what you'll find out from your own 30-day camel test. You'll see how rich, how flavorful camels are pack after pack. You'll discover how well camels get along with your throat week after week. That does sound like a sensible way to judge a cigarette, doesn't it? 
So why not start your own 30-day camel test tonight? It won't take you long to find out why Camel leads all other cigarettes in popularity by billions of cigarettes per year. How mild, how mild, how mild can a cigarette be? Make the Camel 30-day test and you'll see. Smoke Camels and see. And now, back to Richard Diamond, Private Detective, starring Dick Powell. They abandoned the car about four blocks down the street, Rick. Too bad you didn't get a look at the guy behind the wheel. Everything happened too fast, Walt. Yeah. You feel all right now? Yeah, just swell. I guess the idea of all this is that somebody figured you and Walker knew too much. Yep. That doesn't make sense either, Rick. You said Walker wouldn't tell you a thing. No, but he gave me $300. Between now and Monday, I'm going to try to earn it. I can use the help. You got any idea who was gunning for him? No, not exactly. But whoever it was kept pretty close tabs. He was followed to my office. He tell you that? Uh-uh. Then how do you know? Well, indirectly, a girl named Sandra Browning did. She said something else that's kind of kicking around in the back of my head, too. Sandra Browning. Oh, uh, that's the brunette you told me about? Yeah, she seemed to think Walker said something to me about a bank. But he didn't. No, but that's what makes it so interesting. Oh, uh, drop me off at that drugstore, will you, all? I want to look up a phone number. Sandra? Uh-uh. A fellow named Joseph Carter. Who's he? Supposed to be a chemist. Walker told me about him. Well, thanks for the lift, Fatty. If anything happens, I'll get in touch with you. Mr. Carter? Oh, yes, that's right. I'm a private detective. May I come in? I'd like to talk to you. You, uh, mean about my wife, Mr., uh... Diamond. Oh. uh, Richard Diamond. What about your wife, Mr. Carter? Well, nothing. I merely supposed. I mean, after all, you said you were a private detective. Oh, yes, yes. But I don't handle divorce cases, Mr. Carter. Oh, I see. Then what... I, uh... uh, I just want to ask you a couple of questions about a plumber named Walker. Thomas Walker. Do you know him? A plumber? Now, that's strange. A Mr. Walker called me on the phone this morning and asked me to meet him for lunch. He said it was important to me that I be there. Were you? Well, yes, I was. That is, I, I was at the appointed place at the proper hour, but this Mr. Walker never did make an appearance. Oh, I see. You said uh, this Mr. Walker. Does that mean you didn't know him? Mm, not to my knowledge. The voice didn't register and the name wasn't familiar. This is very interesting, Mr. Dam. Would you like some coffee? I'll ring for the house. Uh, no, uh, can, uh, no, 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 thanks. Uh, if you didn't know Walker, Mr. Carter, why did you agree to have lunch with him? Well, for several reasons. As I told you, he said it was important to me, and since I was going to be downtown anyway... That, uh, that isn't good enough, Mr. Carter. Well, I'm afraid I don't understand. Thomas Walker was killed less than an hour ago. You say you were supposed to have lunch with him. That puts you in a suspicious position. Yes, I, uh, I see. So that's what this is about. How did you get my name, Mr. Diamond? Oh, that isn't important. What I want to know is why you agreed to have lunch with someone you didn't even know. Well, he... This, this Walker fellow, he, he said some things over the phone. What kind of things? About my wife. He said it would be to my advantage to meet him and discuss it. Under these circumstances, I had nothing to lose, so I agreed. Under what circumstances? Well, you see, Mr. Diamond, my, my wife and I are 
Well, we're, we're drifting apart. She's been seen with another man, a fellow named Dave Johnson. Dave Johnson? Who's he? Chap I sold my shop to when I retired last month. He and... Oh, excuse me. I, I didn't know you had company. I... Oh. Well, come in. Come in, Sandra. We were just... No, no, I won't disturb you. I... Go right ahead. With oh, yes. Family. Yes, come in. This is my wife, Sandra. Come in, dear. Come in. Uh, I, I'd, I'd rather not. Oh, it's all right. I was leaving anyway. Come right in, Mrs. Uh, Carter, isn't it? Lieutenant Levinson. Anything break, Fatty? No, nothing but my head. I've been doing some thinking, Rick. Well, since you've already pulled the punchline, go ahead. What? Oh, <laughs> look, Rick. You said this uh, Sandra Browning. Uh, Carter. Browning's a phony. You know, someday you're going to meet a girl who gives you a right name and you won't know how to react. That's the trouble with guys. As soon as you finish the discourse, Fatty, we can get back to the plot. What have you been thinking? Well, you said that this Miss Carter... Uh, it's Mrs. Carter, Walt. Will you stop that? I don't care if it's Mrs. Whippenpeffel. I want to know what she said. She did say something about a bank, didn't she? She did? Yeah, and you said something about a guy named Joseph Carter who was a chemist. Walt, so help me. If you tell me they're married, I'll throw this phone from here to the 5th Precinct. You do, and you'll never find out the startling news I'm about to unfold. All right, unfold. Ah, it's better. On the corner of 1st and Elm, on the very corner where you nearly met your demise, there is a bank. That's very interesting. <laughs> You're darn tootin'. Right next door to this bank is a small shop with a sign painted on the window. Pretty good sign, too. Somebody took a lot of pains with it. Walt, I... All I, right, I... all right. Maybe it doesn't mean anything, but the sign says Carter Chemistry Corporation. Oh, that's what you've been thinking about. Yeah. Only now it's even more interesting because of this Sandra Browning Carter girl. It's a definite connection. Uh-huh. With Walker, the plumber, making the connection. Well, thanks, Walt, and, uh, Bye. Hello. Hello. I'm looking for Mr. Carter. Is he in? I ain't nobody here but me, and I'm getting ready to leave. Closing up a little early, aren't you? It's only four o'clock. Oh, I see you're doing a little repair work in the back of the shop there. Yeah. <laughs> I had a little explosion in there a couple of days ago. Oh, must have ripped up a little plumbing down that close to the floor. Yeah, we're getting it fixed up. I'm sorry to rush you out like this, buddy. Do you know how it is? Friday afternoon, weekend coming up, you know. Oh, yes, yes. Well, when you see Mr. Carter, just tell him Horace Crutchmeyer was in to see him. He'll understand. Horace, well, uh, tell you the truth, Horace, Mr. Carter don't come around here no more. He's retired. Sold out everything, lock, stock, and test tube. Oh, is that so? Well, I'll get in touch with him at home. See ya. Yeah, see ya, Horace. <laughs> you know, this could turn out kind of silly, Rick. What if they don't show up? Oh, they'll show, Fatty. I checked the floor plan of both buildings. Got it figured they'll break through about here. How many of them do you think there'll be? Just three. If they knocked off Walker because he got suspicious, they won't cut anybody else in. Is Carter in on this, Rick? It's his chemistry shop, isn't it? No, not anymore. He sold out to a guy named Dave Johnson. You'll meet him as soon as they blast the ball out. And the one I'm anxious to meet is this Sandra Browning Carter. Sounds like quite a dish. Uh, not my type, Walt. I like him a little more tender. <laughs> What's the other guy's name, the one who shoved Walker out of the car? Don't know yet. I met him in the shop this afternoon. 
Well, you'll like him, too. He's got sort of an ingrown face. <laughs> you know, you got to hand it to him, Rick. It's a pretty slick stunt they're pulling. I in the shop next door to a bank, digging through the wall, and... Shit. There they are, Walt. Maybe we'd better get over here. Right. <laughs> What'd I tell you? Ever say anything so easy in your life? Dave, does he have to keep talking? Can't you make look, him Look, look, both of you knock it off and let's get busy, huh? We've only got till tomorrow morning. Hit the lights, Rick. Okay. Hey, who's... <laughs> well, well, well. Why, you... Now, play it smart. We don't want to carry anyone out of here. Oh, is this the bank you were talking about, Sandra? Still not talking, huh? She doesn't look like much to me, Rick. Now, Walt, don't be catty. Remember, she's been a very busy girl. Mm-hmm. Well, now that they're broken in on this kind of work, I guess they won't mind it so much for the next few years. Hmm? But, Rick? Hmm? Why did Walker want you to follow Joseph Carter? He didn't have anything to do with this, did he? No, but Walker thought he did. He tumbled to what was going on when he went in to repair the plumbing. Mm. Naturally, he figured Carter was behind it. <laughs> Ain't I getting smarter as the months go by? <laughs> uh-huh. And speaking of months going by... Yes, dear? It will soon be June, you know. June? Oh, now there's a month to conjure with. Oh, do you mean it, Rick? Well, sure, June must be about my favorite. Let's see now. Don't I know a song with June in it? Oh, Rick. Let's see. June, June. Kind of a strange name to me, but, uh, well, this might do it. Oh, it's a long, long while from May to December. But the days grow short when you reach September. When the autumn weather Turns the leaves to flame One hasn't got time For the waiting game Oh, the days tumble down To a precious few September November and these few precious days I'll spend with you these precious days I'll spend with you Faker, you. There wasn't a single June anywhere in that song. Come to think of it, there wasn't. You want to try again? Mm, I guess not. Something else you'd rather do? Honey, honey, what an opening that is. Come here. Mm-hmm. Mm. Now that's what I've been waiting for. More. More? More? Honey, stop. If this keeps up, I won't be able to hold off till June. Dick Powell will return in just a moment. 
What's America's most popular cigarette? Camel is in the lead by billions of cigarettes per year. One reason is Camel's rich, full flavor. A flavor no other cigarette has. And another reason is Camel's pack-after-pack, week-after-week mildness. Tonight, start enjoying the one cigarette America enjoys most. It's Camel, of course. Yes, of all the cigarettes on the market today... Camel is in the lead by billions of cigarettes per year. How mild, how mild, how mild can a cigarette be? Smoke camels and see. Here's Dick Powell with a special message. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, to bring a little extra cheer and comfort to our hospitalized servicemen and veterans, the makers of camels send them thousands of packs of gift camels every week. This week, the gift camels go to... Veterans Hospitals, Clarksburg, West Virginia, and Miles City, Montana. U.S. Naval Hospital, Corona, California. U.S. Army Station Hospital, Carlisle Barracks, Pennsylvania. The Military Air Transport Service, which evacuates virtually all overseas wounded personnel. Now until next week, enjoy camels. I always do. Tonight's adventure of Richard Diamond was written by Ty Cobb with music by Frank Worth. Virginia Gregg was heard as Helen Asher and Alan Reed as Lieutenant Walt Levinson. Others in the cast were Bob Griffin, Joyce Manners, Sidney Miller, and Jim Backus. Richard Diamond, Private Detective, is transcribed in Hollywood by Jaime Del Valle. Be sure to listen to another great camel show, Vaughn Monroe and the Camel Caravan, every Saturday night. If you're ever asked who's the most obliging taxpayer, vote for yourself if you're a cigarette smoker because you and 60 million others pay more than a 50% tax on the cigarettes you smoke. Yes, every time you buy a pack of cigarettes, you pay the federal government eight cents and most of you pay three or four cents more in state or city cigarette taxes on that pack. That means that better than half the price you pay for cigarettes goes for tax. Listen next week for another exciting adventure of Richard Diamond, starring Dick Powell. Now stay tuned for This Is Your FBI, followed immediately by Ozzie and Harriet over most of these stations. This is Andrea J. Graham, author of the Web Surface series, oh, and a man's wife. You're listening to the great detectives of old time radio. Welcome back. An interesting twist to have him try and actually be professional with a client. And I like the idea that he was that way because he knew that uh, Walker wouldn't put up with much of him uh, joking around. It suggests that Diamond's behavior towards past clients was based on his reading them that even though they wouldn't like it, they would tolerate it so that he could still get the position and have his fun. I am curious about the script being written by Ty Cobb. I do wonder if that was the baseball player. But one thing I do know about Mr. Cobb for sure is that he saved his money and invested it wisely and was able to have a very nice retirement. So I suppose it's not beyond the pale that he knew somebody who could get him the opportunity to write a script for Richard Diamond. 
He does have a very troubled reputation. However, I've heard a lot of that may not have been earned. I I'm looking forward to, uh, for my next Audible listen, doing a, a Terrible Beauty, which corrects a lot of the uh, ideas that we have about uh, Ty Cobb. Powell's choice of September song is an interesting one for the song. I recently heard uh, Sinatra do it for one of the uh, app extras when he was a guest on the Bing Crosby program. Actually, neither of those versions is uh, my favorite. September song is one of those songs that a certain pathos to it. And I think Powell and Sinatra... Uh, at least in the versions I heard, approached it like it was a song and their voice was like a guitar. They were playing their instrument. And I really prefer the performances where they're doing a song like that and they really capture the emotion, even if the voice isn't good. My favorite version of September Song is actually Jimmy Durante's, where he really does capture the feeling of it, even though his voice isn't quite is not nearly as good as either Powell or Sinatra's. This song actually was written for Walter Houston, uh, who had a gruff voice, very limited range, and it's the type of song that the lyrics and the emotion that it's sung with is what carries it. All right, listener comments and feedback now, and have a comment from Lawrence regarding episode 2423, The Dixon Case. I found this episode interesting. The character called The Rabbit was played by a staple of old-time radio, Howard McNear. According to another staple, Parley Bear, that was uh, the nickname his fellow radio actors gave him. Interesting. Might have been a bit of an end-joke. Thanks for sharing, Lawrence. All right, that'll do it for today. Join us back here tomorrow for Boston Blackie. Next Wednesday, it's another episode of Richard Diamond. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.